In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I talk about a wild night in South Philly, with the Sixers beating the Nets 137 to 133. Talk about the overall atmosphere of Ben Simmons' return and his matchup against Joel Embiid. Talk about the run of dominant offensive basketball that the Sixers are on, and also about the concerning extended struggles they've had defensively. Enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner here to talk about a matchup between the league's 7th and 8th best defenses in a game where either they didn't care about their opponent or they were overly, they let their emotions get the best of them depending on who you ask. How you doing, Rich? Derek, I'm, I'm doing fine. That was a, a wild one. Yes. I, I believe Doc Rivers compared it to a boxing crowd. Certainly felt like that early on. The comment about the defense thrown in there because I have no idea how these two teams are ranked 7th and 8th defensively in the league per cleaning the glass because they combined to put up 270 points there last night. The As you, you noted in your piece, as I had in my newsletter, they had um, the Nets became the third team to shoot 64.5% from the field and lose. That happened because the Sixers shot 47.4% from three. Well, the Nets shot 53.8%. But the Sixers had 11 offensive rebounds and won the turnover battle 16 to 9. It was. And and they also made 35 a million of free 36 yep. free throws. They shot a million and they made all of them. Yeah, they made yeah, all but one, 35 out of 36. I think it ended up being their highest free throws made per field goal attempt of the season. It was simultaneously their best offensive performance of the season and their worst defensive performance of the season in the same game for cleaning the glass. And all of that happened despite the fact that the Nets were playing without Kevin Durant. So, you know, I think starting off at the top, because we're getting to the point of the season where, like, this stuff matters. It's our second win in two games over Brooklyn. They can't lose a season series. Yeah, It moves them, I think it's now two games ahead of Brooklyn, who is in fourth spot in the East, and the Sixers are currently a half game up in, over, over the Bucks in second. All that's important. But outside of that, what the hell was your primary takeaway? Because I think there's a lot of validity in both extremes. That was a great offensive performance, but holy shit, they couldn't guard anyone. Yeah, and, and you look up at the standings, by the way, only two back in the loss column of the Boston Celtics yeah. right now as the best record in the league. They, they jumped ahead of Memphis, too. So, look, when you, when you just keep winning games at the pace that they, they have been on for basically a month and a half, that's going to tend to happen. Uh, as for last night's game... Yeah, I think from an, um, you know, there are so many takeaways just, and we'll get into the extracurricular stuff because a lot of that was fun and a lot of that was, uh, I don't know, it was just entertaining. Very entertaining. In terms of the on-court stuff, you know, you can say it's one game, whatever, but, you know, the Sixers played a game earlier this year against the Nets when the Nets had Durant and their full team and the Sixers did not have any of Harden, Maxey, and uh, and beat. Sixers won that game, so obviously they were feeling great after that one. They, Nets don't have Durant last night. Sixers managed to still win the game, but I think the Nets can reasonably say, okay, we played pretty well last night. We probably outplayed them for the amount of firepower that they had compared to us because removing Kevin Durant, the Nets are an unbelievable shooting team, but a big reason they're an unbelievable shooting team is because they have freaking Kevin Durant on uh, on their team, and he's tweeting away at Embiid during the game last night. So... 
I, I would say my big takeaway, you know, it's it's kind of the story of of what we've been talking about right now, is that Sixers offense is awesome. Awesome. And I don't think Kevin Durant, even though he is absolutely critical to what they do defensively, because he's just a big long body and they don't have many of them. I don't think the Nets are going to be able to stop them if they play a playoff series. But the Sixers, like, I, I really worry about their defense. You know, I, I think, you know, Embiid was talking a big game when they were up around the number one, number two ranked defense in the league. Yeah, not, well, okay, yeah. you can't really have performances like this then. That was, I mean, that I, was brutal. Pretty consistently they've been having performances like this for a couple of weeks now. You leaned over to me at one point during the game. You go, by the end of this week, they're going to be the 15th ranked defense. There's a little bit of hyperbole in there, but with the way they were playing against the Nets, and by the way, the Nets weren't playing good offensively without Kevin Durant. They had like a 107 or a 108 offensive rating in the six in the in the last six games or something like that. So, yeah, with the way they're playing, and they got the Nuggets coming in, and they've just it's yeah that defense is not something that you are going to brag about right now. It's not even close. Not even close. Yeah, and uh, you know I thought because like last night is a game. I understand the the idea that there could be a letdown when Durant is out. I mean, look, the Sixers they they do not need an excuse to play letdown games, even if they yeah. still win. I, well, and also there's a you know first game back at home after a road trip can be a letdown. No, they had a half a week to prepare for it, so you'd hope not to. But it happens; it still happens for sure. For but sure. it's a rival with Ben Simmons, and you're right the the amount of rest that they got and the amount of rest Harden and Embiid got is yeah. I don't know. I I think you should play better. So uh, to me, I, th- there were a couple times where I thought, you know, I, I wish the effort level was better. There, I thought their execution was just horrible in last mm-hmm. night's game. Like I think in particular, and I, I have yet to fully rewatch it, but Embiid and whoever yeah. was guarding Simmons was were so aggressive in helping yeah. off them, and they it, did such a poor job on the weak side of those, yeah. uh, you know, of those plays. Now look. Was Kyrie making absolute circus shot after circuit shot? Sure. Yes. I thought so he was, was incredible. Seth. And Seth was also incredible. And if you look it up, I'm cleaning the glass. The Nets are an unbelievable mid-range and three-point shooting team. Yep. I mean, they are they are first in mid-range by a mile. Like, they're shooting 50% pretty much on mid-range jumpers as a team. That's, that's really freaking good, especially because they take a ton of them. And then they're second in three-point percentage. So, like, th- this is an excellent shooting team. That said, like, you know, Nick Claxton getting these looks. I thought Embiid was terrible defensively yeah. for a lot of the game. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times he can help the Sixers when he is sort of playing that Romer center field role. He did not help the Sixers no. in, in last night's game. I mean, there were a couple, too, like where, you know, the Nets miss a three and Embiid just misjudges it and Claxton just lays the ball in. Like, not a great game. And that, that was also kind of the weird thing about this, and also maybe a little bit encouraging for the Sixers. If you think that, okay, they're going to score a million points against them in the playoffs, I would point right to Embiid and say the Nets have nothing for him. Nothing. He did not play that well for him nope. last night. Bad defensive game and much like, yeah, bad offensive game too. He was, he like was his standards are super very high. very hard for a poster. He really wanted to embarrass Ben or even Nick at times. And look, he's got, four inches on Ben and like a million pounds on Nick Claxton. So like, that's a matchup the Nets should have no answer for in the playoffs, but you'd like, like, and part of the thing is like, okay, you got four inches on Ben, just shoot over him. You don't need to put him under the basket. You don't need to dunk on him. You don't need to get the sports center highlight. Like take the points that are like, you talk about the Nets with their 50% mid range shooting. Like for you, a shot over Ben Simmons is, should be higher than 50%. Like it seemed like he was a little too amped up for that. I, yeah. Yeah. 
So he, he's somebody we can get into a second. But, yeah, I, I just thought their defense is really poor, and they, they've talked a big game about this. And, like, look, to their credit, they are seventh in the league defensively. I'm just, like, not buying it at all no. right now. No. And that's uh, – now, look, the inverse of that is that uh, I'm really buying the offense, really, really yep. buying the offense. So, you know, like, it's not all bad. But no. I think that game kind of crystallized what I would argue were, like, month-long trends here. Yeah. No, it really has been one. I, I, ever since, I mean, I don't want to pin on Maxi because I don't think it's all Maxi. I think it's a combination of Maxi and Harden and Tobias and just, and even George, as much as we love George and he's played great. Like, there's just a lot of defenders that you have to hide. They have not been a good defensive basketball team here for the better part of three or four weeks. Um, they've had flashes every now and then, the Portland game sticking out a little bit. Part of that was shooting variants, but they've had flashes, but they have not consistently been a, a good defensive squad for sure. Sure, but they've consistently been pretty much incredible night in, night out offensively. It's a really weird team to talk about because I don't know if in our lifetime we've ever really had a team where you would say they're a great offensive team, but I don't trust their defense. It's just not. Well, first of all, I don't know. When was the last time you say Six had a great offensive team? Even that Butler-Tobias team was not a great offensive team. They were probably less than some of their parts, but they were so good defensively that they made up for it. It's yeah, a weird the, spot to be But they get up to that. like eighth, ninth, like something yeah. like that. Yep. Like. It is a weird spot to be in, right? Because they're this feels every bit like a top five offense right now. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, look that that was a wildly entertaining game, but Doc Rivers described it afterwards as a heart attack defensively. And they <laughs> yeah. were yeah they're awful bad. on that end of the court, um, as we referenced, like sixty four percent against the KD less team, like that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, so that's kind of where the Sixers are, I would say on the court right now like they just when they talk about oh we can be a lot better you know as a team and they kind of just mention it you know willy-nilly without actually talking about the specifics i'll point to the specifics their defense stinks they need to get better on that end of the court and i think that's that's the main thing to take away from that yeah it was going back to the offense it was really impressive how like you know you had d'anthony early in the game you had tyrese with that third quarter you had Harden with the two big step backs. Like they were able to dial up whatever matchup they want, get different contributions from a bunch of different people. All of this feels, and again, the Nets, they have a top 10 defense, with, especially without Kevin Durant, but overall, I'm not buying that ranking. This feels like a very sustainable offensive run. And, and the chemistry that Embiid and Harden have had, the, I mean, Maxi feels, looks pretty comfortable coming off the bench and being that microwave scorer with really just, he talks about running that second unit with Trez and, you know, Matisse and George, but like he's gunning and that's fine. That's what he's really good at. And he's had a lot of success here. Um, I think part of that is probably that he was due to start making shots. Uh, you know, when he first came back from that injury, he wasn't making shots. Now he is. I don't know how much that's lined up and how much that getting his, his legs back under him, but he's finding a lot of success in that role. All of this feels really sustainable. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I feel like we're going to talk the entire rest of the season of, well, all right, well, how do they build lineups and, and, and match up their players so that they can compete for as much of the game as possible? Because right now they're just not. And, and I feel like whenever we talk about defense, we eventually turn back to Trez. He was awful. Uh, he bad matchup for him. Any team that can shoot that well from the perimeter is going to be a bad matchup for him, but that was a particularly bad one. Little, uh, <laughs> I don't want to make this into a Paul Reed thing again, but like I do think that's a matchup where you go back to Paul. He had some success earlier in the season. Uh, I would like to see Doc a little bit more flexible, but right now, 
Trez is the night in, night out backup center, but just a, a real struggle on that end. A real, real struggle. Yeah, he went small with Tobias. Trez got yeah. a quick hook in in the. Uh, he should have second second. Yeah, no, he was bad. Uh, let, let me think. What else? Yeah, Maxi, man, he got a couple of unbelievably friendly shooters roles on yeah. uh, one of them. I couldn't even like the physics of it. Like it felt like it hit the front of the rim. Honestly, it was like might have been the craziest bounce on a shot I've seen since the Kawhi shot. Uh, you know, <laughs> a couple years ago, little little stakes were a little lower on this one. But so did, uh, did, did Kawhi make a shot? I don't I don't recall that. Okay, he uh, he might have. <laughs> but anyway, afterwards, I liked what he said. He was like, you know, I, I think I was due. I, I've been really struggling to uh, to shoot the ball recently, so I, I did need to see some, you know, go in at some point. So yeah, I mean, awesome six man game from him as well. And you know, if he keeps coming off the bench, which by the way, I'll be very curious. Like, what 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 lineup is actually gonna what what opponent is going to coax a different starting lineup out of the six? Yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing it right the, now. The, the three lineups thing might have been a little tiny bit of bullshit. Little tiny bit. Little tiny I, bit of that. I agree with you. Until until we actually see another one, like situationally, because I, I'm I'm not seeing it. Now that said, their their defense has been horrendous. Uh, it was horrendous last night, even with the the changed lineup and Melton in there. So yeah. So that those are my uh, my general thoughts. I mean, it was. Just a crazy ass game. I mean, the Sixers really like they could have blown out the Nets like three different times in the game, and they just yep. did not do it. Uh, no, they were up one sixteen to one hundred two with what, like, how many minutes left? Maybe like eight minutes left, yeah. and the uh, the Nets went on the the, the big run to tie it at one twenty. And look from a from a neutral standpoint, I think you look at it and say, man, that was that was a pretty wildly entertaining game with all the other crazy crap going on, and then you have. You know, at the end of the game, you have, and I, and I guess this is my next takeaway here, you have Ben Simmons sitting on the bench, and you have James Harden bailing the Sixers out when they're, you know, they, they kind of tightened up a little bit. I thought their zone offense for most of the game was pretty good. Like, the Nets threw that zone out there, and the Sixers generally got whatever they wanted. Got Tobias at the middle of the free throw line a couple times, 7 of 11 game for him as well. Just nice, nice little efficient night for uh, for Toby. And then at the end, they kind of tightened up, and they didn't run great stuff. And I think they tightened up a little bit because they didn't guard anybody the entire yeah. game. And it was yeah. like, oh, shit, are we actually going to lose to these guys? Yeah. Seth Curry's on fire on the other end. Um, so you have Ben Simmons on the other side on the bench. And you have James Harden bailing the Sixers out, basically just, you know, even against the zone, isoing both Yuta Watanabe, good defender, Seth Curry, as we know, not a good defender, isolating against both of them and hitting step-back threes, and then absolutely smoking Royce O'Neal on a drive. That is like, that's encouraging. Like Royce yeah. O'Neal looked like he was in mud and Harding yeah. blows by him and finishes with his left hand. Um, you know, can he do that every night? No, but against this Nets team, I think he might be able to. Uh, nice and work you know for what him. They shot against Kyrie? Seven for what? eight for 20 points. Sixers did? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look, like I, I said, mean, they, they have, did. I mean, O'Neal's a good defender, but they have a lot of exploitable guys that you can go to and, they really did. Really he's, did. by the way, he's an overrated defender. He he got a lot of credit for being not Mitchell and Conley in Utah. For sure, a and he gets time. a lot he, of credit for not being Curry and Kyrie and and Brooklyn. Totally, for sure. He's for he's, sure. he's probably closer to an average defender, um, just because because of that. Uh, yeah, and like, look, Harden was was good for most of the game. You know, he kind of turned it on at the end, but he, even you know, even the Nets, even their best defender, Claxton, who I thought played an awesome game last night. Even their best guy, their most switchable guy, Harden and Maxi, 
toyed with him for a couple times throughout the game. Like he is susceptible to giving up that step back jumper to those two guys, and and they got him. So, like, look, if if they they do match up in a playoff series, they are going to be a lot of points. Oh, it's like, going to be a blast. Yeah, I know. So, it's going to be especially for like like diehard Sixers fans. It's going to be nerve wracking for sure. But it would be like the theater of it and the basketball of it would be wildly entertaining. Wildly be, would would be so much fun. And by yeah. the way, if you can't like they're a good team, they're probably a contender for the East. But like you're going to have to beat a contender. So if you're going to have to face a contender at some point in, in the path, at least make it entertaining and make it so that they hate each other. And by the way, these two teams, I don't know about it on a personal level, because I feel like some of the Embiid uh, KD feud, there's mutual respect there. But yes, they also really fucking annoy each other, too. Yeah, that would that's be incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, you know, at the end of the game, it's it's not hard to uh to see though. Ben Simmons, the Sixers defense was so bad that they allowed Simmons to score what, twelve points in the third quarter and early fourth at le- quarter? At least ten. At least ten in the third, yeah. By the way, that's how you know your defense sucks because Ben you basically have to give him points at this point. Like, I mean, he took one shot in the first half, and it was a you know, it was like a push shot that Joel goaded him into taking, and he missed by a mile. Like he doesn't even look at the basket. You have Doris on ESPN just being like, "Man, this is sad and kind of frustrating to watch," compared to where he was a few years ago. Uh, agree, and that's kind of why, you know, we said earlier in the year, like, "Man, I, I don't even know what the animosity level in Philadelphia is going to be like," just because he's kind of a shell of himself. Still there. It's, uh, it's, well, yeah, the animosity is definitely still there. Um, as you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using the BetMGM lines to make all our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TA Basketball, and you'll get a one year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code TABASKETBALL. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game. Claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. In partnership with Kansas, Crossing Casino and Hotel. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone else close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at one 866 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge sports betting is void in georgia hawaii and utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in nevada and new york don't forget if you haven't signed up for bet mgm yet use the bonus code ta basketball and you'll get a one year subscription to the athletic plus up to a one thousand dollar first bet offer on your first wager it was so i guess that's a, a decent place to pivot because coming in like we're but, but, sitting but, at, let me, oh god let, let, let me just finish real quick with that but it's i mean just the animosity level was great, and, and I'll let you go on that in a sec. But it's really just – it's not hard to see that Simmons is sitting on the bench. And of the players in that trade, he's going head-to-head with Seth Curry. In, yeah. In the, yeah. Not Ben Simmons. Seth Curry. So, yeah. you know, we can argue about that trade. Sixers did give up some extra picks. Uh, 
feels like they got the much better player. At yeah. This point. If you're going to have a debate, it's, you know, Halliburton or Harden, okay, regardless yeah. of whether or not that was on the table or not. But like you go to other options, not keeping Ben, like keeping Ben was a non-starter at that point. All right. So the overall energy in the stadium, the boxing crowd, the theatrics of the whole thing. You know, I think we were sitting there watching warmups as we usually do. Uh, sitting there courtside, it's it's a tough life. Uh, but we were sitting there, and like Ben's warming up, shooting his free throws, and there's like no reaction from the crowd. Nobody's really booing or heckling. There's not even really anyone in the crowd early to watch. It was pretty much like a hundred percent normal pregame routine. You wouldn't know anyone special was in the building. And then the game started, and almost right from the jump, Ben switched on to Joel. Joel tried after the game to claim that there wasn't anything special and that he wasn't extra aggressive. He's so full of shit. He was. Went right at him, and the crowd went nuts. And they were on his case pretty much the entire time. I thought probably even harder than they were when he came back earlier in the season. Probably in part because Harden and Embiid actually played in this game. What was your overall takeaway from, uh, from the environment there at the Wells Fargo? The far yeah, I, I just think Philadelphia is going to be up for this for a while. Like, we don't tend to forget stuff. No. And that, look, I, and I think, in fairness to my people, to my, my 20,000 people in the stands, uh, that was tough last year. That was a, it was a rough saga that Ben Simmons put the Sixers through yeah. last year. So, And it was a long one, too. Now, not to yeah. say that the Sixers, you know, holding on to him, Maybe they could have ended it earlier, ultimately, to get James Harden. They could not have. But, uh, yeah, so so I, I understand it. But, yeah, it, it just struck me as like, oh, man, like he's just I, – I, I'm not saying that it, it really affected his game all that much, Ben's, because, frankly, 12 points for him is like a huge scoring night. Like he's like P.J. Yeah. Tucker at this point almost. It's like faster P.J. Tucker and kind of more fluid P.J. Tucker. You know, P.J. Tucker and Ben Simmons combined for six made free throws. That never happens. Yeah, it was that time of night. But I, I guess my point is that the, the Sixers fans are going to enjoy it at all times. And, you know, it's funny. I thought, honestly, the, the emotion of that moment probably affected Embiid more negatively than Ben. Yeah, I agree. Because Embiid is capable of absolutely dominating the game where Ben is not anymore. And uh, Joel didn't. You know, like those post-ups, like you said earlier on, you know, the, the guy just had a soliloquy last week about how much posting up sucks and you can't win at a high level. He went to it like four times in the first yeah. half because he was like, oh, man, I got to put a body on Ben. I got to score on him, which like, look, I get it. Like he is bigger than Ben. That might be somebody you're able to seal. But man, those post ups didn't really work against Ben. No. So, uh, yeah, look, it was a lot of fun. Like, I mean, you had Joel doing the the DX suck it. You had yep. George baiting. Yeah, Simmons there's some into real animosity between those two. Which is funny, because they never shared a court together, but they do not get along. I, I wonder if it's George and, and Ben, or, or it's mostly, it might just be one-sided. Like, yeah, I, you could tell George. Oh, I don't is, think Ben thinks about him at all. But George, you know, it's funny, he got asked about it last year, you know, when pretty much every player was asked about, what's it like to not play Ben? And I think a lot of Sixers had rehearsed answers. They had a lot of, you know, we're moving forward as a team. And George gave some of those, but you could I tell. Think, I feel a like at bit. one point, George says, like, do you want me to give you the rehearsed answer? Or the <laughs> like, I think he was joking about that. If I he definitely, uh, 
didn't respect that uh how that whole situation went down and as we know George does not need an excuse to talk uh but it was <laughs> I mean it was classic like he just basically like yells at his ear kind of sideways kind of away from the ref and then Ben pushes him and of course you see the second uh the second action so yep. George was pretty uh fired up about that um yeah I mean the whole theatrics I mean Jock Jock Vaughn got a tee Claxton and Embiid go yeah. after it and Embiid after the game says he said something he shouldn't have said and I said, say it to my face again. So, yep. Uh, yep. you know, again, I wasn't uh, I wasn't privy to what actually Claxton said. I don't know if it was like a Kevin Garnett against Carmelo Anthony type thing way back when. I, you know, that's a that's an old school NBA reference at this point. It's almost ten years old. I don't know, but anyway, I, I would say the the theatrics of it and those games in Philly, if they play in the playoffs, are going to be a lot of fun because you have all of these kind of personalities going back and forth, including Kevin Durant, who didn't even play in the freaking game. He just was like, yeah. all right, I'm tweeting this game. So, yeah, no, it was great. I like that. I, did it distract the Sixers a little bit? Probably. Definitely. But it's OK. Like, yeah, yeah. That being said, as a journalist, that kind of theater is fantastic. Just in terms of basketball fan, the energy and look, the Sixers fans are going to come with energy in the playoffs no matter what. But that's a super amped up atmosphere. Uh, the players were amped up. Players clearly frustrate each other on both sides. Um, that was great. And it, there's so much to the whole Ben layer of it. Uh, and you bring up, you know, Philly fans not forgetting like there's how long that dragged out, how much animosity there was. But I think there's also a little bit of like, there was so much promise and hope with this era of Sixers basketball. And I think a lot of fans justifiably slow in a lot of reasons, pin a lot of the frustrations on Ben. And it's almost like a little bit of like a jilted lover type thing where you had plans mm -hmm. and hopes and dreams and you blame this guy for not reaching them. Big part of that is that there is unfulfilled promise. Uh, and I think that is a hundred percent fair when they got that number one pick to add Joel Embiid. Well, and then that second number one pick who's coming in pretty soon as well. Uh, there was a lot of upside in this whole thing. And and I think some of that frustration that comes down on Ben isn't just the way it ended, but also the way it didn't progress. I really want these two teams. And look, that's a tough out in the playoffs for sure. That would be so much fun. So much fun. They're a good team. Uh, unfortunately for the Sixers, who, you know, at least standings wise, because basically they play these horrible defensive games. But they play good enough offense and really have been executing down the stretch in, in recent weeks here. Basically, they don't lose these games. They don't cough up their bad defensive performances. They find themselves in a pretty good spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Unfortunately, the East is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. And, you know, I'm looking at it right now. Like, you know, who knows? what We, we said before the game, like, if you had to pick what seed they'll finish at the end of the year. You said third. I, I actually think it's – I'm going to pick second. I, I like the way they're playing. I don't like the way Milwaukee is playing. But whatever. They'll probably finish in there. And by the way, still a chance, you know, if if the stars align, Tatum turns an ankle for a week or two, still not impossible to catch that team either okay. um, and be the one seed. Even if you're the two seed and you get, you know, Atlanta, New York, somebody in the second round, maybe Indy, second round, you're going to have to play two really good teams yeah. in, in the second round. And frankly, if you're the three seed – if Miami has their shit together a little more, you're going to have to play three. You're going to have to yeah. go through the freaking gauntlet. That's just where we are as a team. Now, I, I, I do want to like emphasize, though, the Sixers are one of those good teams. When you are seventh in offense and seventh in defense, and we, I expect that first number to definitely get better 
We'll see what happens with that second number. It could get worse, but if it holds relatively still and you get up to, you know, three in offense, nine in defense, you know what that means? You're a damn good team. Yeah. Um, yep. On almost yeah, all like, nights, they have enough going on where they can scratch out a win. Even if it's not pretty, even if it's not clean, and it rarely is clean, they have enough going on. I mean, last night was a perfect example. Shot so, 64.5% and they lost. That's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, good stuff going on. But I, I agree with you. Like, the Nets are, they're good. They they are a real team, especially when they have Durant. They have proven throughout the year that they're just, uh, look, I, I don't buy their defense. I think the Sixers are going to score a ton against them. But, man. I, well, not only do I more, not buy their defense, but I think the Sixers are a bad matchup for them. The Sixers' I, offense I, is a bad matchup for their defense. I do too. Just the the fact that they seem like they have an advantage pretty much everywhere, and also the the other thing too is like Durant is their best wing defender. He's their he might be their best defender. Claxton, you know, is, is decent. The problem is Claxton. They, they have small guards who can yeah. you know Claxton is a good switch to get defender probably against like Tatum against like somebody who's like you know maybe even Durant somebody who's like you know these apex yeah. wing guys. Uh, problem is Maxian, their guards can't switch. Yeah, Maxi and Harden are are tough, and then I, I really don't think they have anything for Embiid. I think Embiid did yeah. a, a really poor job against their switching last night. I think most nights they're going to switch that pick and roll. You throw the ball to Embiid at the elbow, yep. and I think it's a nightmare for them. I don't you, care. You if give ben you on give him. the Sixers seven games. I think they'll figure it out. And that's my thing. They didn't really even figure it out that much last night. Doc afterwards was like, oh, "Our offensive execution was." Bad. I think it was bad for stretches. I don't think it was bad the entire game. Yeah. Like I think it was. They, they did some nice things on the offensive end. I do think it could get better. I do agree with them on that. And they are the first team to win a game in which they allowed sixty four percent shooting in forty one <laughs> years. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I think that that is a a good sign um, moving forward. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was crazy, and, and you, you had. A, a ton of, you know, just a ton of firepower on both sides. So, look, I, I think ultimately, yeah, are you concerned about the Sixers' defense? Yes. Uh, I'm also a little concerned, like, jo- Joel pretty banged up at the end of that game. Yeah. I did not yep. I did not love that wince in the fourth no. quarter. That happened right in front of us, and we were yep. like, ugh. His foot was all taped up afterwards, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's obviously got one. I'm sure he wants to play in on Saturday. Well, I'm sure a left foot soreness that has lingered for two months will get better the more that a, a seven foot two, three hundred pound guy will jump on it throughout the season. I'm sure that will just go away. No, I, I agree with you, and I don't think it's anything that's going to like stop him in the playoffs. You just hope it doesn't get worse, so it doesn't impact his play. Because right, right now, it's not impacting his play. Like when he suits up, that dude's, except for last night, an automatic thirty-five. Mm. But it is, uh, you know, it does seem like something that he's probably going to have to manage throughout the rest of the season. And it's one of those where I don't really care about, you know, when he's he's basically swinging his arm the entire night. Basically, like, he, has, he needs rotator cuff surgery where, uh, you know, which is funny, by the way. Like, his right arm is always hurting him. And you made the correct point that, like, man, after a foul call, he swings his arm. Like, it's almost like when he punched Lonzo Ball in the face. Yeah. Uh, he missed by, like, an inch a couple years ago in Chicago where it's like, dude, you got to be careful. Like, I know yeah. you don't. I know you don't mean it, but you're not paying attention. Like, this is... Um, right, he has a frustration air punch, like, that's, and yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't. There's no intent there, and he never gets called for it because there's no intent. But if you connect, like the refs aren't going to care if there's intent or not. Like you're getting thrown the fuck out. Yeah. Got to stop that, man. 
Yeah, yeah and you might get suspended for three or four games. Yeah, too. even so, if it's involuntary. Yeah, find another way to the to, to show frustration for sure. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I, I don't think the foot has has really screwed with him at all this season. Like when he's played, he's been fantastic. Yeah, he stuck last night, but I think that was more emotional and yeah. maybe just the variance of one game. Like he deserves a benefit of the doubt. Uh, speaking of that, I did get a kick out of you know he had his answers on Simmons where he downplayed it. He had his answers about the the suck it thing where, you know, he tweeted at Durant and yeah. comes out right before he starts laughing. Uh, I think his funniest answer of the night by a mile was he got asked about Jokic. And he said, first off, he said, it's going to be a great matchup. Deserve to win those two last MVPs. And then he goes on, I think about a two-minute soliloquy yeah. mentioning all of the other Denver Nuggets players called Will Pope. Gordon said that Murray was the reason that they made the championship. Basically, subtly after saying deserve to win the two MVPs, basically saying that Nikola Jokic is playing with the 1987 <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. You know, like yeah. he's, you know, he's playing with um, the 2017 Golden War or Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought that that stuff was very funny, and yeah, it kind of sets the stage for. Uh, for Saturday's game. Yeah. Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, matchup between the two top two and MVP the last two years. It'll be interesting to see how Joel Embiid manages his emotions on that one, whether he tries to do too much. Because I think uh, it's it's a point that uh, our friend Tim Bontemps is making a lot. Like, just win. If you just win, you'll get the, the accolades and the attention. You don't need to put up 40 on Jokic. You just need your team to win. And that might mean putting up 40 if his mid-range jumper is on, if they're not sending double teams. Uh, but I, I, I will be interested to see how whether he plays a little more within the flow of the offense in the game on Saturday than he did on Wednesday. Because outside of the defense, and the defense was far away the number one takeaway concern, uh, that was a, a pretty poor offensive showing from Embiid. And, you know, he got to the free throw line 13 times, was able to uh, make it a little more efficient and impactful than it otherwise would have been. But that was far from his his best offensive showing for sure. And I saw you know, I saw some Denver people calling him a, a free throw merchant or whatever. But like, look against the the Nuggets. And by the way, it's probably been a little bit less of that this year just because he's been so so great as a shooter. Uh, he's going to shoot a million free throws against the Nets. They, they they're not big enough to guard him. And yeah. part of the reason they are they're so hard to guard is that they are sacrificing that they they are just not big enough to keep him off the free throw line. So, and that is part that, of the calculus when he tries to maybe be a little more aggressive inside. Yeah, maybe it's not going to lead to the highest you know percentage shooting night of his, his career. Maybe it'll lead to a few more turnovers, but it'll also lead him to spending the entire night at the line. And I think if he had maybe converted a couple more of those inside, it would have looked like a better outcome than it, it was. One last thing I want to say before we get off here, because we, we have mentioned that, you know, not exactly buying the defense. I, I do think... And James Harden, I think, is kind of the, uh, he's the player analog for this. I do think the Sixers are not getting enough respect for what they're doing right now. And I think, you know, part of that is because of what has happened in the playoffs in previous years. But I don't know, man. I feel like whenever they play on national TV, it's like, or, you know, people are like, oh, man, the Oklahoma City game, that was that was a nightmare defensively. Or, oh, man, they, they almost lost the Nets. Man, teams have bad losses in this mm-hmm. league every single night. They win six in a row. They're thirty-one and sixteen on the year, despite being asleep at the, uh, you know, at the start of it. I'm not saying that they are um, 
Don't build them a statue yet. Yeah, don't build them a statue. And frankly, there have been past years where they have had the statue built for them, you know, when, you know, when they got Harden, when they got Butler, you know, all, all of these things. They have always been the hype team. I think it's very interesting that they are getting kind of the opposite level of disrespect. And James Harden is part of that, too, where it's like, oh, man, his defense sucked in that Oklahoma City game. His, uh, you know, he's, you know, I, I'm not buying him. He's not even close to an all-star. James Harden is having a pretty awesome year. Yeah. And the Sixers are like, oh, um, winning every single night right now. No, and he, I, you know, he probably should be an all-star. He should be. I, I get it. He missed a month or yeah. whatever. And that, you know, I don't want to be the person, like, I'm not factoring in the other players, um, but but frankly, he is playing at the level of a lock all-star yeah. if he had not missed a month. Right. So, the only reason I say probably is because of that time missed. Yeah. And, and frankly, like, you know, you have Maxi back playing well, and it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like this team is is flying under the radar despite the fact that their record is is really, really good, and they're doing a lot of really good things on the offensive end. That does not guarantee that they will do anything in the playoffs. I, I'm just saying, I feel like this regular season stuff is getting poo-pooed a little bit where I'm just like, Watch some freaking games. Like the the Celtics can't beat the Magic. You yeah. know they're 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 moving past literally all of these teams in the standings. It's been it's been good. I mean, locally, I feel like it's a combination of you had the Phillies in the World Series, the Eagles yep. in the Conference Championship game. Uh, go birds. And also, what was that? Go birds. Sorry. Yeah, go birds. Uh, and also because I think so much of the Philly fan base right now is like, yeah, okay, but show it to me when it matters. Which I think there's some validity to, but. You know, I think, okay, they've been the one seed in the East. We've seen team success before. But, like, I think Joel Embiid should be getting a lot more attention for the season he's having, locally and nationally, and I'm surprised that he's not. Uh, that, to me, even more than team success, is surprising, and I think a little disappointing, because it is so rare for someone that you draft and develop and, and spend all this time with to develop into what he has and to transform the game, and I think that specifically should be getting a little more attention. Uh, I do understand, in part because we've been saying it all year, that the regular season doesn't matter from a team perspective as much because we have to see it in the playoffs. Um, but Embiid, I think, should get, be getting a lot more attention. Totally. I mean, you have Embiid having legit MVP season. You have Harden having legit All-Star season. That's yep. that's pretty good. And I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I see it nationally and locally a little bit getting, you know, it, it getting downplayed where people just say, you know, oh, Cleveland, man, what a season they're having. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Miami, here they're coming. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, they're going to figure it out. And you know what? The Sixers haven't maybe earned the benefit of the doubt for the playoffs, but I, I don't know. I, I'm watching this regular season, and I'm seeing a pretty damn good team that's going to be a pain in the ass for these teams to play in the postseason. Yeah. No, I mean, look, Cleveland hasn't been special for the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Nets have been really good, but they've been without Durant. Um, it's, to me, the... Four and a half teams. I'll give Cleveland a half. Um, but I think it's it's very much the, the top four in the East. I think the East is so much better and deeper than the West. So and much. the Sixers are hanging right there, right at the top. Um, no, I, I would I agree with I that. would pick the Sixers to win the West, I think, at this point. you know, If you, if you say Golden State's still going to hang on, maybe. Denver's the only other one I'm even somewhat buying because of that run a couple years ago. Yeah. It's, uh, Not buying the like Lakers, the, huh? No. <laughs> the East is well, LeBron's been playing better the past couple of weeks. I'll give him credit. He's been you know, stakes I mean, I give are pretty him credit low. For doing what he does at, at the age that he is, for sure. Look, stakes are pretty low. He's just trying to get into the playing, but you know, it's uh yeah, it's not a great conference. 
Okay. That's not that's a big Rui guy, huh? No. No, I'm not. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that is just about all that we have here. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. And uh, this will probably be our last, uh, will be our last pod before the birds. So go birds. Go birds. See you, man.